Well, let's turn to the Word of God, the book of Romans, chapter 8. I love Romans 8. I love Romans 8. I love the way it begins. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. What a way to start a chapter. And it just gets better. You just keep reading and more and more is revealed to us. And perhaps one of the most often quoted portions of Scripture is part of what I'm going to read to you tonight. But I want to direct your attention to something perhaps that we've not really looked at the way we ought to. Romans chapter 8. Let me begin reading with verse number 26. Let me pause and put another announcement in. Men, if you can help us Saturday, we're going to have a little bit of a work day after breakfast, so please be here looking forward to that. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose. You know what? I probably should have read verse 24 too. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we ought to or what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession. I want to talk to you tonight from the subject that comes from verse 26, a statement that Paul makes in just a few brief words. He said it like this, for we know not. I want to talk to you about how to live with the uncertainties of life. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Perhaps I should begin by saying that the only thing that's certain is life is its uncertainties. There are so many things about life that we don't know. And uncertainty is such a part of life as life itself. There are conditions of life and problems that perplex us to the point that we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to do. 
We don't know how to react. They create in us a mind that is often perplexed. The problems that come in life are often more than we know how to deal with. And there's so much in life that you just can't do anything about, even if you wanted to. Doesn't matter if you don't like the rain, you're not going to stop the rain by not liking the rain. You're not going to stop the rain by cursing the rain. You're not going to stop the rain by staying in all day. You're not going to stop the elements of any kind that are in God's divine order. There's just a lot about life that you can't do anything about. Most of all, you can't do about what other people do to you. (laughs) That's probably one of the things that bothers us the most. If we could control what other people do, we think we would all be a lot happier than we are. But the truth is, that's just part of life. How often in life we feel like Elihu must have felt when he was speaking to Job. And in Job 37 and 19, he said something like this, Teach us what we shall say unto him, speaking of God. For we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. There's just so much about life that we don't know. We feel oftentimes like that man who didn't know how to answer because he was in the dark. Anybody ever been in the dark before? Anybody living in the dark tonight? Sometimes we just have to feel our way through life. We know That we need to talk to God, but sometimes we don't even know how. Sometimes all we can do is groan. Sometimes words are not adequate to describe our feelings because we don't know what. We are all traveling tonight down a road that we never know what the next bend is going to bring our way. A road that we've never been down before. Although we may have years on our life, what's before us is still unknown. As much as we have been able to predict a lot of things in life, there are far too many things that we have no way of knowing how things are going to turn out. Life is filled with a lot of unknowns, and those uncertainties are what cause us problems. If I just knew, I think I would feel better. I think I would be able to sleep a little better tonight if I just knew how things were going to turn out tomorrow. How that job interview was going to go. How the boss was going to respond to me, my request. How my fellow laborer would respond to me if I just knew if I just knew, there are, there, there are some things in life that are troubling, but perhaps the most troubling are the uncertainties. Uncertainties cause us problems. They're the reason for nervous tension and high blood pressure. They're the reason some of us tonight are feeling ill at ease because we don't know what is going to happen 
We don't know what's going to transpire next. The unknown is what creates the tension in life. It's what creates a lot of the frustration and a lot of the dysfunction. And I will tell you that it is the unknown that often rouses our anger. I've never been more angry than when I don't know. Because if I just knew, I would know how to prepare. It's that uncertain sound of life. Paul referred to it so that we were not able to prepare for battle. And there's nothing as, as hard to deal with as being unprepared. Anybody here like to go through life being unprepared? I mean, all of us pride ourselves in having some form of intelligence and some form of uh, wherewithal that we are not caught by life as a great surprise. We're not, we're not amateurs at this. And we don't have rose-colored glasses on. We don't go through life dreaming that everything's going to be flowers and roses. And we don't go through life thinking that everything's going to go our way and we're going to get everything we desire and all of our prayers are going to be answered. There are many times in life that the uncertainty of life, the uncertain sound that comes from life, we don't know how to prepare for it. I mean, as much as you could have imagined what life would be for you right now, I want to ask you, how many of you really, if you could go back 10 years in your life, you could have predicted the things that you've had to go through over the last 10 years? None of us. And that's what creates so much frustration and tension in life. It's the unknown. It's that backdraft of life that causes so much trouble. Life is a constant state of change. And whether we like it or not, it's going to continue to be that. Things change every day. We're changing every day. And many times those changes come so quickly that they, they make our heads swim. Things can change that we expected to never change. And we have to learn how to adapt. And we have to learn how to adjust life and, 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 and learn how to compensate for this difference that it brought to us. And it's not always pleasant what we have to deal with. Sometimes the adjustments of life are some of the most difficult things to make. We find ourselves out of sorts, not because of what we know, but because of what we don't know. One of the reasons that there is so much stress in our life right now is because of uncertainties. The reason some of you are worried right now about your families and about your future is because there's a great big question mark out there. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And you know what? It can drive you insane. It can drive you to the place that you become a babbling idiot. There's some days that I get up and I just want to go through all day long going, because that's how I feel like in my mind. Because... You are dealing with so much that's not known and knowing how to prepare yourself for that. 
It's almost impossible. You prepare for this, and that happens. You prepare for that, and this happens. And so, you know, the cynical person said, well, I'm not going to prepare for anything, and it still happens. And most of the time, we don't like what happens. That's life. Paul talked about that. What we don't know, we know not how to pray or what to pray. The apostle was writing to a people that were much like us. People had been tried and afflicted. They had been through great pressures and persecution. And I am of no doubt tonight that Romans 8 was written for the encouragement of the warrior, the fighter. The man and the woman who had stood in the face of every kind of adversity. And they had continued to hold on to what God had given them. Even when they were battered and beaten down, it seemed to nothing. They refused to let go of the hope that God had put in them. And so Paul writes to these weary, tired, afflicted men and women who were dealing with the stress of uncertainty. And he was writing to them with the objective of reminding them of a river of comfort that flows very near them all the time. That somehow can be lost amid all of life's frustration. Paul so clearly defined the state of life. We know not what. Wow, we know not what. Here is what you must remember when you don't know what. And Paul outlines a few of those things in Romans Chapter 8, that are so important to you and I tonight. I go back to verse number 16 of Romans chapter 8. And I pick up and I read where Paul said, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And he goes on in verse 21 to talk to them about being the children of God. It seemed to me that when Paul was writing to these Romans that lived in uncertain times, what he wanted them to be mindful of more than anything else perhaps was that they must remember that when you don't know what, you have to remember who you are. You are a child of God. 
You are a son or daughter of God. And he reminds them of who they are. And when you are dealing with the unknown and the uncertainties of life, you need to know who you belong to. And you need to remind yourself ever so often, I am a child of God. I may not know all of the plans of my father, but I know my father. And I know his plans are good and they will be for my good. That when you deal with the frustration and the aggravation and the anger and the tension that uncertainty brings, you need to also speak up and remind yourself that you are a son of God, that you are an heir, that you have been adopted, and there are certain privileges and blessings that come with adoption. I am here to tell you tonight that ever so often you need to stop and remind yourself of who you are and who you serve. And though you may not know, he always knows. And though you may not see, he always sees. And when I remember who I am, I am sustained under the pressure of the moment by the knowledge that I am a child of God. And he will not let his children be lost. He said, no one has been taken from my hand. Not one of them has been taken out of my hand. What a place to live in the palm of his hand. There's an amazing glory that is reserved for you and I because we are his children. And there are blessings that come to us because we are his children. Sometimes it's just good to come and sit down in the house of God and remember I'm at my father's house. I don't have to worry about food. He's going to feed me. I don't have to worry about strength. He's going to strengthen me. I don't have to worry about answers. He's going to let me know what I need to. He's going to give me the answers that I need. I don't even have to know about what tomorrow holds. I just know that he holds tomorrow. And if he holds tomorrow and he holds me, then certainly somehow it's all going to work out. I have to remember that I am a child of God. I hope that there has been some kind of consolation for my children through the years that they could consider themselves my children. I hope there was some consolation to their life that no matter how much pressure came on them, they could know that their mother and their dad would never forsake them. We would love them through to the end. Amen. I hope that they would always remember that. And it's, it's good that you remember who you are. And that God has birthed you and he has given life to you. And if he has done all of that, surely he will sustain you. And so if you don't know what, as long as you know who, you can survive the unknown. As long as I know that I am still a child of God. And I know there are times the devil would try to make me question that. 
But I found this much out about the devil. First of all, he's a liar. So whatever he said isn't true. But my brother helped me more than anybody when I first received the Holy Ghost. I came home after church and back then when you received the Holy Ghost, you had to get up and confess it before the whole church. You know, you didn't get by with just receiving and going on. You had to get up and tell everybody what happened. Brother Holly got me up when we tell the church what happened. And I stood there before that congregation of people and I told them I received the Holy Ghost tonight. And that was a miracle because I had been seeking the Holy Ghost for a long time, a number of years. And everybody else got the Holy Ghost but not me. And that night I remember, oh my Lord, it was so glorious. And I got up there and as soon as I stepped off the platform, there's a little dark voice started speaking in my ear. You just lied to those people. You just told those people, you, you didn't receive the Holy Ghost tonight. That was you. And in my young mind, that started working on me, and it ate on me, and it just kept getting louder and louder. And so we go home, and we get in bed, and I'm laying there. The lights are out, and I'm, 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 I'm getting to the place of almost panic. I'm thinking, I did lie to those people, and I, if you lie about the Holy Ghost, you'll never get the Holy Ghost. And finally, I, James, are you awake? I don't know if he was or not, but he woke up. He said, man, I, I, I don't know what to say, but I feel bad. I, I think I lied to those people. He said, what do you mean? Well, I told them that I received the Holy Ghost tonight, and I, 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 I don't know that I, I don't think I did. I think that was just me. He said, where did you get that from? I said, well, you know, it's just in my mind. He said, can I ask you something? Do you think the devil would tell you you didn't have something that you didn't have? Would he waste the time telling you you didn't have something that you didn't have? The only reason he's telling you that is because there is evidence that you do have. And when he said that, there was this calm that came over my mind. And lo and behold, the next thing I know, it's morning. God let me go to sleep. And from that night until this, I've never forgotten. Every time the devil comes whispering, Yeah, you're just a hypocrite. Yeah, you're just this or that. Or you, you just think you're something. Then I, I know for a fact he must be telling me the truth. Because he's not going to tell me something that I'm not. He's a father of lies. He is a liar. So when the devil comes around telling you that that's just a bunch of, 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 of hullabaloo or whatever, that there's nothing to that being a child of God, you just realize that evidently there's some evidence in your life that you are or he wouldn't have brought it up. And sometimes that's all that you can live with is just know I'm a child of God. Now maybe that's not enough, maybe, maybe that's not enough for you. But for me right now that's enough to know that I'm his child. Amen. He's going to take care of me. My kids have never had to worry about that. They've never had to worry about whether I was going to be at home. They've never had to worry about that because that was my responsibility and duty as their father to be at home, to create a home. 
That's what he is to us. We don't have ever have to worry about being able to come home. There's a place. The Father's house is always open for his children. And he's always got provision and substance for those that he has called by his name. Listen to me tonight. If you don't get anything else out of what I'm saying, you need to take this and tuck it away in your heart. And you need to wake up and realize that you are a child of God. And sometimes that's all you need to know is that I am his child. And if I'm his child, he's responsible for my welfare. Amen. Praise God. I don't have to go to bed worrying about how this or how that or what this or what that. He is my father. And he's going to take care of that for me. When I come to times when I don't know what and I don't know what to say, I need to remember that he gave me something that is... Grand and glorious, and it's called the Holy Ghost, His Spirit. And folks, I want to tell you something tonight. Maybe it's a revelation, but God gave you His Spirit for more than you just to feel goosebumps every once in a while. He gave you His Spirit. He imparted His Spirit and implanted his spirit in you that you would have the strength of that spirit residing inside of you so that when you are not enough, his spirit is more than enough. That when you don't have the power, there is power within you that's greater than the power that is against you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I've come to tell you tonight that sometime you need to stand up and say, I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I am filled with his strength. I am filled with his power. I love the way Paul says it. He said the Spirit helps. That's what the Holy Ghost is given to you for. It's given to help you. It's given to help you bear your infirmities, to live through your dark hours. It's given to help you with your weaknesses and your afflictions and to help you even with your temper. Oh, hallelujah. The Spirit helps me. Amen. The Spirit undergirds me. The weakness which comes from my life is, is overshadowed by the strength of the Spirit that is in me. The Holy Ghost helps us to bear the infirmities of our body and our mind and the weakness which trouble discovers in all of us is overcome by the power of the Spirit that lives within us. It helps us to bear our cross. It helps us to live with the pain and the suffering and the conflict and the slander and the persecution. His Spirit helps our infirmities. Thank God for that kind of help. Amen. With a helper that is so strong who needs to be afraid. Amen. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. When I am not strong, He is. When I am fearful, He is never afraid. 
Amen. I am counting on the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. The Holy Ghost will even help you to know what to say. The Bible says that you don't even have to worry about that. That when you get into that situation, that the Spirit in you will give you the words to say. And how many times has that been true? Now, that's not an excuse for not studying or preparing. But it's just saying that when life puts you in a situation that you don't know what to do and you don't know how to respond to it, don't be afraid. The Spirit in you is going to give you words and wisdom for that moment. My Lord, why wouldn't anybody want to receive the Holy Ghost? Why wouldn't anybody want to live in the power of the Holy Ghost? Praise God. And I'm closing. When you don't know what to do, and the uncertainties of life are aggravating you to the point of distraction, don't forget to pray. Amen. Don't forget to pray. Prayer is salvation in and of itself many times. And it is a must. Prayer helps keep the problems from oppressing us. It does not take the burden off of my back. But prayer does more than that. It does better than take the burden away. Prayer comes and undergirds me with a strength that lightens the grievance of that burden so that I can smile amid my tears. It helps us battle our flesh. Prayer helps us sustain our faith. Prayer helps me curb my temper. My Lord, have mercy. How many times have I been so mad I could have bit nails in two? And I've come into the prayer room and just got on my knees and started talking to God. And that anger that was like raging horses wanting to run away and do damage, somehow prayer reached out and got a hold of those reins and started pulling them in because that would not have helped me in any way and it wouldn't have helped anybody that I was going to vent that on. Prayer has been my salvation many times. It's been my salvation today. Prayer helps clear your judgment. When life gets so clouded and overcast that you don't even know what to say, you can pray. And even when you don't know what to say when you pray, you can groan and God's Spirit understands. And when you don't even have words, you don't even have to say words, the Spirit in you will make intercession for you. Oh, what a deal. What kind of a deal is that? Prayer is the great outlet for my grief. When I am overwhelmed, I come and I pray. Prayer abates the swelling flood of my emotions that seeks to overwhelm me. And it's when I come to prayer that I find a hand reaching out and staying that water that comes to drive me away. I come to prayer and I find a bathing, healing lotion that covers my soul, bathing my wounds in prayer and the pain that was there. Suddenly it is eased and the fever is gone because I prayed. Oh, God, help me to never forget how to pray. You know what I fear? The thing that we do least of today is what we need to do most often, and that's pray. Pray, pray. 
Even when we are in such a condition of heart that we cannot even think what to pray, we need to still make an effort. When our minds are so agitated and alarmed and when we are so perturbed and aggravated and distressed and troubled and perplexed and angry and even mad. Oh, if we could just learn to come to prayer, prayer will help us. Because prayer will help you see the mercy seat. And prayer will help you see that there's something going on in another world. There's a transaction that's happening. There's there's an intercession that's going on in your behalf and you're not alone. And, And when you pray, your eyes are open to see that. That there are hands that are working for you that are mightier than your hands. And there's a mind that's working in your behalf that's greater and stronger and more wise than your own mind. And so when you learn how to pray and you learn how to call on Him, He gives you wisdom and He gives you understanding and He gives you strength. But if you don't learn how to pray, you will never know the strength that it can give you. Amen. The only remedy that I know for a heavy spirit is prayer. Amen. Pray. If we can learn to take everything to God in prayer, how much better we would be. But if we can learn to bring anything to God at any time, how much better we would be. The influence of the Holy Ghost on our soul is like the winds on the chimes. It creates the most beautiful music. And in prayer, He touches. (laughs) Oh my, how many times have I come And I was so frustrated and angry and bitter and filled with resentment. But as I prayed, I felt his hand reach out and touch me. And I felt him begin to lecture me and teach me. And I felt his help. And as I prayed, I felt a relief and a release in my soul. Thank God for prayer. And when I get out of that prayer meeting, I've learned that I am able to bear the burden without collapse, that I can do this. Amen. His help meets my weakness, and I am strong. Amen. What we don't know must never rob us of what we do know. I'm a child of God. I have the Holy Ghost in me. Amen. I have His Spirit implanted in my life. God won't implant His Spirit in junk. He won't implant His Spirit in reprobate. He won't implant His Spirit in blasphemy. He will not implant His Spirit in something that has no hope. And so I have in me His Spirit. And I have prayer. I have the ability to talk to Him. And even when I can't even find the words... If I can just groan or sigh, he understands that. I don't ever want life to rob me of what I do know. And I know a lot of things. Amen. A lot of things that can help. Romans 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 12 says, For we know, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then 
face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Second Corinthians chapter 5. He reminds me again of what I know. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Go ahead and tear this old tent down if you want to. There's a tabernacle that cannot be torn down that God's building for me. Amen. Second Timothy. Go there and see what he writes to to, to a young preacher who was struggling with his own inability and his own fears. But in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12, he said, For this which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Have you committed anything to God in your life? Anybody commit anything to God in your life? Then this is your verse. You know that if that thing has been committed to him, that he's going to keep it to that day, against that day. Job, my Lord, let's go back to Job. I'm going to close real quick here, but go to the book of Job, chapter 13. I love I love Job. I don't know what it is. I guess because so many tears can be shed in life that you need somebody that understands what a tear is. But in Job 13 and verse 18, he said, Behold now, I have ordered my cause, and I know that I shall be justified. Amen. I know that. Job chapter 19 And verse number 25. I love it. For I know that my Redeemer liveth. And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroyed this body. Yet in my flesh will I see God. Whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another Though my reins be consumed within me, oh, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And I could go on, but there are just some things that when you don't know what, you need to remember who. You need to know who you are and what you've got in your soul. What God has put there will keep you against that day of uncertainty. Amen. Let's stand together. Praise God.